This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Ayodesumu remains confident that he's going to be able to carve out a role for himself, even with the changes and additions to the Chicago Bulls roster. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about what will it really take this season to put Billy Donovan on the hot seat that many Bulls fans feel he rightfully deserves to be on. We're going to talk about all that, plus the mailbag, right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, Iota Sumo was interviewed by Darnell Mabry at the at the Athletic. And there was a couple of quotes coming out of this that really speak to Iota Sumo's mindset coming into his third season and a season with he probably has the most doubt around him uh, that he's had so far in his NBA career and probably the hardest part he's going to have to try to carve out a role for himself. So a couple of quotes here. First up, he says, I'm going to make a way. When Darnell uh, Mayberry asked him about how he's going to find crack this rotation with the additions, I'm going to make a way. That's all I can say. I've always found a way. I'm going to continue to find a way. Just trying to learn from my mistakes, understand the success I had my rookie year, and then the stagnant play or a tough road I had a little bit my sophomore season, my junior year and all my basketball career has been my best season from high school to college. It's always been the season where I took the next step, so I'm excited. I know the work that I put in and what I will show. I'm just ready for it. Now, while a lot of Bulls fans are kind of down on Io, not kind of, are down on Io DeSumo after a bad sophomore year, right? A sophomore year that was up and down offensively and defensively. He still flashed some of that defensive skill set that we like to see from him in his rookie year, but it was a far cry away from one of the, the player in Io that was one of the best point of attack defenders in the league his rookie year. And that was the kind of the expectation that he set with his play in his rookie year is that he was going to be able to bring that defensive intensity. As far as his offensive skill set and game, he's never really been able to play his offensive game on the Chicago Bulls roster. And that's not anything that's, I wouldn't say that that's a wholly negative thing. He's a second round pick. It's not like the system was going to be built or tailor made for his skill set at all. So he had to find his way to, to find to find his path to contribute to the team. And that was initially defensively. That's why he initially got the minutes that he got in his rookie year, eventually took over that starting point guard role, and then earned that starting point guard role at the, at in the preseason last season. Didn't really, with his play, earn, uh, deserve to hold on to it. But when you look at where Io sits right now, we, bought a pl- we brought in a player in Javon Carter that really has a simpler defensive game um, to uh, Io DeSumo, much better three-point shooter. But that is what Io needs to be focused on, right, is that they brought in somebody at a position that could have been your position that was technically your position because you couldn't keep up your level of play. And it's good to hear that he's not down on himself, right? It's good to hear that he's not coming into this looking at, you know, one one thing with Io is that he does have the different mentality, the mentality that we want P. Will to have. And that's not to compare the two players, very different roles, very different um, positions as well. But 
Iodasumu has had that that mentality. Yes, he had a, he had a down season, and he needs to do what he can to rebound from it and contribute more to the Chicago Bulls. And I do think that you're going to see Io next season. He's going to have to learn to play multiple positions. He's going to play some two. He's going to probably play some three, actually, as well, when you look at his length and wingspan and his height as well. And just how, especially if Daylon Terry or somebody else can't really, uh, you know, doesn't their offensive game doesn't step up, Io DeSumo does have a path to be able to get minutes on the Chicago Bulls team. The biggest thing is, is that it's not going to be as clear-cut or as consistent until his level of play becomes consistent. And, you know, him talking about how his third year in his basketball career has been his best year yet, that's what we hope to see from P-Will. And I know, you know, a lot of Bulls fans had that mindset of let P-Will walk or they were over P-Will because of the down season. And I wish that I can say I didn't understand it. I do understand it. I don't agree. One thing with me, I'm never going to agree to give out, give up on a player that's still that young into their NBA career. But I understand the mindset behind it, right? I understand the fact that we can't keep giving roster spots out. And now Iota Sumu has a longer-term contract. He's under contract with us for at least the next three years, which is going to cover him through his 26-, 27-year-old season. This is the time where Io needs to be finding out his game in the NBA. What's your way to contribute? What's going to be the one thing that you can bet on night in and night out? The defense is going to be pushing the pace because I still like Iota Sumu as a pushing-the-pace point uh, guard in general, right? And so Io has the potential, potential to be a very versatile player at the NBA level. He can play multiple positions. It's just, is that level of play going to be consistent, and how is he going to rebound from a sophomore year? I want to hear from you guys down below. What do you think about Io DeSumo's quotes? Do you think that Io is going to have a role on this team? Do you think he's going to be able to sustain a level of play and at a position of need for the Bulls to where they have to go to Io DeSumo? And let me not even say have to, that he earns that role in those minutes. Let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Now, one of the things I'm going to get into as well before we get into the mailbag portion of today's episode is Billy Donovan. Uh, I was asked on a mailbag over the course of this weekend, what would be the first move that I would do if I was given the GM role for the Chicago Bulls? And I simply said, and it was an easy decision for me, I would fire Billy Donovan. If this Bulls season struggles, I would fire Billy Donovan. And that is, I would just bring in a coach that is more apt to actually developing because I think that is kind of, not, not that the Bulls don't need to try to still win games now, but they need to be more focused on developing and truly seeing what they have in these young players before they make a decision on what's going to happen with the next version of the roster. And so it is, you know, brought in conversation. A lot of you guys, I've gotten a couple of emails, a lot of you guys have asked about it or even talked about it in the comment section, is, okay, what would it take then for, to realistically put Billy Donovan on the hot seat? And I have to be realistic first, right? You guys know, I, I've been a Bulls fan my whole entire life. And the moment that Billy Donovan said that he texts or talks to Jerry Reinsdorf every day, I knew what that meant. Billy Donovan's going to be here for a while, or it's going to have to take such a uh, a bad season for the, for the ownership group to wake up and realize, all right, we got to move on from Billy. Once you're in with the Reinsdorfs, whether good or bad, whatever it ends up becoming, you're in for a while there, right? You're locked in. Hell, how many times did we see Doug Collins leave and come back in different roles or as the coach, right? And that's because Doug Collins is looked at as almost family by the Reinsdorfs, right? Um, and so I do think that realistically, it's going to take a lot, right? And I know that that's not something that a lot of Bulls fans want to hear or that we deserve to hear, but I got to be realistic. It's going to take a hell of a lot to get Billy Donovan out of the head coaching seat especially now with his extension that we still don't even know how long that extension was for. But even with all that said, at least to make the situation for Billy Donovan a little bit more uncomfortable, what would this what would this team have to look at? Look like. And I would say 
when you look at the path of the Chicago Bulls, we were a playoff team two seasons ago. Last season, we were a playing team. I honestly do think if the Bulls don't make at least the playing tournament, and I would even say then it depends on how the season looks, even if we do end up being another playing team, that I do think that that adds the pressure to Billy Donovan. And I think that as AK and Eversley continue to try to double down on this roster and build around this core, and you see young guys just not developing, at some point you either have to blame yourself, which AK does need, AK and Eversley do need to do as well to a degree if these young guys don't end up hitting, you know, higher ceilings than what we've seen so far. But you're also going to look at the coach. And with GMs, you're always going to blame the coach first, right? And so before AK and Eversley fire themselves, guess what they're going to do? They're going to get another coach. And so I think that if this Bulls team continues to struggle and we don't see a player like Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, you know, Kobe White, um, Iota Sumo, if we don't see these players continue to, you know, take steps up, um, at some point you're going to just naturally, by the way that you look at how organizations operate, you're going to look first towards your coach and wonder, is he the one that's not developing these players, right? And you look at this, the stagnant play, your big three, your core, right? Um, core three, not big three, medium three, whichever one you want to call them. Uh, but when you look at that, if you believe in that core, eventually you then have to say, it's the coach that's not getting the most out of this roster. And so, again, and I think the, the reality lay, lays somewhere between the two, but you got to believe that at some point, right, that AK and Eversley are going to make a decision. Now, that may start their clock on them, right? Let's be clear, especially if Jerry, with if, if Billy Donovan is Jerry Reinsdorf's guy. Keep in mind, the Reinsdorfs wanted AK to consider holding on to Jim Boylan before they even hired another coach. And now they brought he brought in Billy Donovan, who a coach that the, the Bulls and a lot of fans didn't think would even come here. And if that moves forward and, and you now fire another coach that Jerry looks at as one of his guys, that may jumpstart the clock on AK and make them have to be even more on point with their decisions that they make, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing either, to put pressure on them as well. Everybody can't be comfortable in their job. you got to continue to strive for that success. And I think that if, if the Bulls eventually as well decide to go that not full rebuild, but like bet on uh, go in a way where, okay, we're not bringing in very many veterans. We're going to let Dalen Terry get 20 minutes. We're going to let P. Will get 20 minutes and 15 touches. Like if they're going to decide to go that, that route, I do think at that point, it also becomes a situation that Billy Donovan may not want to be in. Billy Donovan really doesn't want to rebuild. He wants to get in. He wants to have stars now. And so I think that that's the path, right? And not to say that I necessarily, I, I hope that the Bulls win. I hope that the Bulls win as many games as they possibly can. And we're looking at this team. We're not even worried about firing Billy Donovan or not yet. We're worried about what we can add to this team for them to keep going on their run. But but it's going to eventually hit that that point at, at some time if this Bulls team continues to struggle. So again, the Bulls not making the playoffs or the plan, I think is a big thing. Um, the lack of development is another thing if that continues now after you've hired a, deve a, a development coach. And I and I think that those are the things that could set up for Billy Donovan to be on the hot seat, but I do want to be realistic. It's probably more than likely not coming this season unless the Bulls truly struggle this season. And at that point, not only will Billy Donovan's head roll, probably going to be other heads to roll on top of that as well. But all right, let's go ahead and get into the mailbag portion of today's episode. We're going to start with the first one. This one's from Eastside Buck. Yo, yo, what up, Hayes? This is Eastside Buck. Um, I'm calling to speak about Patrick Williams. I think they should put Patrick Williams in on the second unit with Kobe White so he can get more touches, um, you know, so he can turn up a little bit more, man. And uh, I'm very excited to see what uh, our two new additions 
would do, and I hope they bring Bitsum in too, man. He, he looked real good to me. I hope he can fit in with us, man. Uh, with that, see red peace. All right, here's the thing. I, I I talked about the myths around Patrick Williams and how fans moving him to the four, all the over to the three, all these things that they look at. Here's what I'll say: If Patrick Williams' mentality is still passive, it doesn't matter if he's on the. He didn't get any more touches on the second unit last year than what he got in the starting lineup. And some of that is on him. Some of that also is on Billy. If Billy Donovan isn't going to run plays for you, he's not going to run plays for you. And overall, I'm not saying that I'm not, and I'm not saying this to say Patrick Williams absolutely should start. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that either, but I'm just saying that nothing gets Patrick Williams more of what he needs than him, than his mentality. He's not going to all of a sudden get more touches being a bench player. That's not what happens. At least that's not what's been evident so far in Patrick Williams career. It just, it just hasn't been. Right. And so I understand the mindset behind it. I understand saying, hey, then Patrick Williams and Kobe can run the second unit. But this is Billy Donovan we're talking about here. Right. He always has one of Vooch, DeMar or Zach are always in the game. And that, that's oh, that's oh, that's been true this whole time. That's probably going to continue to be true. And so if it, with with P. Will, like it's all about the mindset. That's always what I go to. It's always about the mindset when it comes to P. Will for me. Right When you look at P. Will, last season as a starter, he averaged eight and a half shots per game. As a bench player, he averaged 7.8. It did not change very much. It's the mentality and the coaching that has to change no matter what his role is. Until that happens, it's not. And like I said before, it's not even about P. Will at this point getting 10, 15 plays called for him. It's about the, he, he does get about four or five plays called for him in the game, but it's about him taking advantage and making more opportunities for himself, crashing the board, right? taking the, the, the players off the drive more confidently to finish around the rim. Those are things that we want to see from P. Will, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. But again, for him to be that starter, he's going to have to come in working because Torrey Craig ain't going to make it easy on him. All right, let's get into the next uh, voicemail. This one's from Tukey. What's going on, Hayes? This is your boy, Tukey. I was just wanted to call in let you know that I've been a, a big supporter, a subscriber for, for about a year now. And I had some theories about, about the Chicago Bulls. Basically, I think that the Bulls should run a two a two lineup, three offensive, two defensive lineups. But what I say is this: I say that I think that Pat Williams should come off the bench because Tory Craig would be a better asset on the first team, and for Kobe White and Patrick to come off the bench so they can be the two threats off the bench. And basically, the thing about Pat Williams, see, he's being uh, passive because he have two alpha dogs in front of him in DeRozan and, and Zach Levine. So he feels that he has to bow down to those two and just fit a role that he's not really going to uh, advance in. But if he runs um, the second team, him and Kobe, they can be unleashed on the second team, you know, off the bench. So I would think they have two, two, start, two starting lineups off one team, you know. But the first, the first five would be, you know, Javon, Zach, Damar, Tory, and Vooch. Then Kobe, Patrick, Drummond, and whoever runs for the three on, um, on the bench, who you would say. But that's just my take that I think they should unleash Kobe White and Patrick Williams on the second team. So they have two starting lineups coming off back to back, you know? All right. This is your boy, Tuke. I'll just let you know that I've been a, a follower for a long time now and keep the, keep the good work up, man. All right, now you have a good day. All right, I, yeah, kind of what I said this in the last voicemail with P. Will and Kobe White coming off the bench. I think Kobe White is definitely better suited to come off the bench because he's a guard and everything goes through him. 
And I hope that I'm wrong. I do hope that Billy Donovan, if P. Will is coming off the bench, maybe that does add a little bit more flexibility to P. Will. I'm just saying that I have not seen any of that in 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 the the data that we had that we have that shows that P. Will's all of a gonna all of a sudden gonna get this huge number of of more touches being a bench player. Now, as far as P. Will being more passive because he has Demar and Zach out there with him, okay, you're in the NBA, you got to figure it out, right? A passive nature is a passive nature to me. That's P. Will's been passive at every step of his career. When his college principal said, "Hey, I told him to shoot more," that told me everything that I need to know. That's just P. Will's mindset. He was the same way in high school. He was the same way in college. I don't think it has very much to do with playing with DeMar and Zach. It just has to do more with his own personal mindset and his passive nature. He has to unlock that side of me as an NBA player now. He has to figure it out. Oh, and hopefully he will. I hope that he does figure it out in a Bulls jersey specifically because I still do think P. Will has a very high ceiling. I don't like. I don't know if it's superstar, star level status, but I definitely think that he still has that potential to be a, a, a 15, and 15, 16, and 8, and 6 guy, something like that. P-Will has that ability and has that potential. We just need him to realize it, right? All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Reginald. Hey, hey. I was just, uh, you know, got three uh, things I want to talk about. First off, what's your opinion on Bulls versus Denzel Valentine signing with Australia to play over there? My opinion, good riddance. Second, uh, do you think Ida Zumo has the potential to be the next? Tony Allen. And my third question is, why do we keep getting these uh, trash trade rumors about DeMar DeRozan? I mean, I think the last one I read was a three-team deal with Philly and Dallas where the Bulls get like a first-round pick and Tim Hardaway and Christian Wood. I'm like, no, no thank you. I want to just keep DeMar. But uh, what's your opinion on these things? Oh, yeah, last one. Um, what's also your opinion about Udonis Haslam? retiring and do you think he's gonna take up a coaching job somewhere outside of miami thanks first of all i haven't thought about gums mcgee at all i don't have any thoughts on on gums mcgee detective gums the gum doctor denzel valentine i have no thoughts on where he's playing i don't care now as far as i would assume being the next tony allen that's not a bad comp i would say the modern day tony allen right because the NBA nowadays, it's a little bit different, but I do think that, you know, especially if we have a team that gets more out in transition coming off the bench, things like that, and what he can be defensively, that's not a bad comp for Ayo DeSumo at all there, Reginald. I actually like that one a lot. As far as why we are seeing a lot of bad trades for DeMar, because it's that point in the offseason. That's just really it, and I don't mean to, like, oversimplify my answer to you, but that's just really what it is. It's just that part in the offseason. We're in that, in that spot where it's going to be a lot of bad trades because trade on your headline of your article is going to get you a, a lot of clicks, and I think that's what it is. All right, let's get into the last voicemail. This one's from Homeboy. What's going on, man? It's Mr. Homeboy. Man, I will first off, like to tell you, you are the most fairest person when it comes to uh, DeMar DeRozan. You are very fair to him. Even though you would like to see your young players develop, you are very fair to him. You realize how good he is, and even though he does have his flaws, you you are very fair to him. But uh, one thing... I think that would make the, the offense better because you know what you're getting from DeMar are very efficient. I think it's better to use him as a decoy because whether he's the third, fourth option, whatever the case may be, he's so efficient that he's going to get his 20 points whether the ball's not ran to him. And use him as a decoy, be like, hey, oh, you think DeMar's about to get the ball, get the other people involved and, and, and get a high volume of three from the actual three-point shooters and let DeMar get his work in from the mid-range inside and things of that nature i think him 
jacking up threes is kind of getting away from his game. You know what it is. You know how efficient it is. So use him as a decoy to uh, get everybody else involved. And when it's time for a key bucket or a momentum changer, go to DeMar. All right, tell me what you think about that. Oh, thank you. I try to be fair to all players, right? And, and, and like I said before, I, I really try to be able to give my opinion but also state the facts. And just because I have said and been vocal about not minding or wanting to see the Bulls trade DeMar, it's to get value, right? It's because he's an expiring contract. It's not because he's bad. I always think that it's one of the stupidest things and mindsets that you can have is when you say, oh, this player's horrible. We need to trade them now and get X, Y. You think you're going to get a bunch of stuff for a player that you think is horrible? No, I'm going to talk about trades that the Bulls can actually get something of value back from it, right? And DeMar is a hell of a player. He just, That just is. DeMar is a, is a good to great player depending on the system. And as far as your thoughts on using DeMar as a decoy, here's what I'll say. We saw DeMar facilitate way more in San Antonio. And like I said, to way lesser players than what we have on this Bulls team, it comes down to coaching to me. I don't think Billy Donovan has implemented the system or the expectation for DeMar to be that, right? And yeah, you can use DeMar. That's kind of a facilitator role, especially with the way he's able to pass. And I do think that that can help the Bulls. That can open up the floor some a little bit more for other players. And I hope that we do see an evolution of Billy Donovan's offensive system now that he's going to have a starting point guard in Javon Carter, uh, his starting point guard, and defensive uh, monster and the, the player that can shoot threes to start the season, I really do hope that that kind of, we see a little bit of an evolution of the Bulls offense. Get out and transition a little bit more. Play a little bit more modern because I think that can definitely help the team a lot, in my opinion. But, hey, that's it for today's episode. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the show, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.